Hello and welcome to the Trinity Ability Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Harry O'Brien. In this special episode for World Rare Disease Day on the 28th of February, I sit down with John Tangney. A Trinity student, John Tangney is a Paralympian rower who earned silver for the US at the World Championships in 2019. In this episode, we talk about his disability, being born with bilateral club feet, his experience with sports, his experience accepting his disability, and his hopes for the future. So sit back and enjoy. How, how did you first get into sport? What was the first sport you got into when you were young? Because you got into them young, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So um, so my dad was a, uh, or I guess still is, but he was a big basketball player when he was in college, high school, loves basketball. So And so I have an older sister by three years and he sort of started us out pretty young playing basketball and whatnot. And um, then on top of that, I would, I played basketball, I played baseball and lacrosse. And um, I played those pretty early on, like starting in elementary school, um, probably when I was like seven or eight and continued those until about high school because due to my disability, um, the, the the amount of running and sort of the pounding on the feet just it's just not good for me um and so i so i had to stop those sports and you know i looked for other sports that didn't involve as much running so that's how i got into rowing um which was great because it was very conducive to uh my disability um and really all disabilities um so so yeah and were you wearing like some sort of prosthetic or something on your feet or were you just wearing runners when you um, were doing the basketball and stuff? Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, when I played the running sports, I didn't wear anything. Um, but I guess um, I guess outside of sport, I would have to wear braces uh, to sleep around my feet because I had I received surgeries on my feet when um when i was three months old then in um when i was about 11 or 12 and then before that when i was about six or seven um and so i would wear braces um i had to use a walker at one point um so yeah but never never uh in sport you obviously knew that your feet weren't normal but that never stopped you from doing sport. Like, in every, did that even come into your head that like you couldn't do this, work as good, you wouldn't be as good as the other people? Not, not really. Um, I think that's a thing. I, I think many people could relate that are sort of born with a disability is you don't know any different. So it, it, it is really hard to try and think of anything other than that. So I think with me, with my feet, um, and my disability, when I would do these sports, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be incredibly painful doing them because obviously I would be doing them. But after a while, I would notice, oh, my feet are kind of sore. But I think me as a young, young boy, I thought that everyone's feet felt like that. So it was completely normal. Um, but it wasn't so like my mom, who was very involved in my uh treatments, doctor visits, all that stuff, physical therapy, she would be the one to tell me like, okay, when your feet start to hurt, you know, don't keep going because 
you know, that's a sign that you should probably stop. Um, so I had to be told that, uh, but yeah. And I think with my disability, it's, um, it's just weird because when I'm wearing sort of regular street clothes, shoes, pants, everything, everything, um, it's, there's no visual cue that I'm disabled, but, but I definitely am disabled. So it's sort of weird. Like when I would, I would have some coaches, um, who would, who I would tell that, Oh, I can't really go on warm up runs with the team or do some of these tests that are like running five miles. And they would kind of question me. It's like, well, you have a, you're disabled. Like, um, it would kind of be like, a it would take a minute for them to realize. Um, and then I would just sort of like convince them because I was doing all these other stuff, but, um, but then I would have to tell them, no, I, I physically can't do this. And it's a very bad idea. I have expensive feet. <laughs> yeah. And how did you get into rowing then? Yeah. So it was just, um, I was doing all those other sports and it sort of reached a point where, um, I think, I think for a lot of sports, it reaches a point where, um, it sort of starts to get serious. And if you're really not invested, uh, at, at least here in the States, this is the case. Um, if you're not really invested in it, then it's sort of not pointless to keep going, but, um, you know, not worth the, the time in a certain way. Um, and for me with my feet, um, I just couldn't get to a level that I would be, uh, I guess, happy with uh, being in the sport because I think I'm sort of a competitive person. So if I'm not, if I'm not competing at a higher level, then I'm sort of uh, not invested in it, I guess, to my detriment. But, um, but then, so because of that, I think I'm an active kid or I was an active kid, so I needed some outlet. Um, and then one of my one of my neighbors um, was the head of this rowing club, um, not too far from here. Um, and they suggested, why not try rowing? Um, and then I looked into it and found out, you know, you're seated the whole time, you're not running, um, I, and then it was perfect. So I went and went to the rowing club uh, gave it a shot and then still doing it now. <laughs> so, so you said you, you dropped basketball and sport and other sports, you took up rowing because you could get to that, like almost that elite level, like you could get to the top of it in a way, if I'm understanding you correctly. Yeah. Well, I would say I didn't start out rowing thinking, Oh, I can be, I can get at such a high level here. I just, it started out as a sort of a convenience thing where, oh, this wouldn't hurt my feet as much. And then I guess on the other side of that, I guess that does mean that it gave, it did give me more of an opportunity to excel um, competing with, I guess, these able, able-bodied people um, where it's sort of like, I for, almost forgot about my disability when I would be in the boat. Um, because I would be competing with all these other, um, I don't know, all, all these other people. Um, whereas in a sport like basketball, um, I would have been superseded like way earlier, um, which I was, but, um, but yeah, it was sort of rowing did definitely give me the avenue to, 
really, really excel beyond, I guess, my disability, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, it does, it does. And um, your training, your training for rowing, do you have to be conscious of the fact, like, I imagine you don't do a lot of running on a treadmill for rowing? Yeah, no, I, I don't do, I don't do any rowing. I, I mean, running, um, just, uh, there was a short, short bit where uh, in my high school, in high school, I, everyone else was running. I sort of felt left out because um, I guess it, it was sort of tough um, when my team would go on runs together and I would just stick behind and I would just go on the stationary bike or something or I sort of felt left out. So I started to run with the team and then my mom found out and, you know, gave me a lecture on like why that's such a bad idea because I guess my, the way, cause my feet were sort of reconstructed um, cause with club feet, they sort of, they have to break your feet and then sort of rebuild them. Um, and I have like bone grafts in my feet and all that stuff. And they're definitely very delicate. Um, so it's silly for me to, uh, or it was silly for me to think that, oh, I can do all these things, um, even though it's, it was very clear that I couldn't, or that uh, it would be very painful if I kept going. Um, but yeah, so I just, I sort of just stick to things where I'm seated, like biking, uh, rowing, all that stuff, um, which is, uh, I guess it's not, I am sort of sad I can't run a marathon, uh, but I guess that's not such a bad thing. Yeah, maybe not. Uh. That sounds like torture, but can you yeah. do power, can you powerlifting? Uh, like lifting weights? Yeah, like squats and. Uh... Uh, yeah, yeah, they. Uh, yeah, the only thing is, um, with with my feet, I don't have as much. I forget what the proper term is, but um, I can't bend them as much or at sharp as sharp as angles. So something like squatting, I just can't go as low okay. as other people. But um, that's about that's about it, yeah. Okay. And that, did you like? Did you kind of have to overcome that, like the fact that you couldn't run, but you also couldn't like squat as deep? Like, obviously, you want to train at all your muscles because you're 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 at an Olympian level fitness, like. Yeah, um, I would say I I wouldn't say overcome is the word. It was just sort of adapting. Um, like I just recognize, okay, I can't do this. So I have to find another way to, uh, sort of get the same, uh, training that that other activity that I can't do would. Um, yeah. So it, it's, I think, and, uh, with my, the way my muscles are sort of built that, um, because the, the club feet, it's, it's a connective tissue disorder. So it does influence the like my ankle size and my calf muscles a little. So in something like rowing, I, you know, I don't have as big or as powerful calf muscles as, you know, someone that doesn't have club feet, but I think I just make up for that. I, when I train, um, I just use my, my quad muscles a little more or, um, so I think it's just a, it's more of a matter of just adapting, um, how I see it instead of overcoming. Okay. Okay. Is there um, anything you used to do like daily or like weekly for your feet, like for rowing or something? Yeah, I, um, I do um, every now and again, they, they do get sore. So I would have to, um, you know, roll, roll them on top of a golf ball or something and do um, 
a lot of stuff with bands, band exercises, which help a ton. Um, yeah, pretty, yeah, I guess you do. I do sort of have to maintain them like a car or something. You know, yeah. Do, do you have a, do you have a morning routine? Morning routine? Uh, admittedly, no, I, th I think I probably should, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, that, I had to do a lot of that stuff when I had my surgeries and I would go to physical therapy a lot and um, had to just make sure that they, especially when I was, cause I'm done growing now, at least I, I'm pretty sure I am. Um, cause the tough thing was I got these surgeries when I was young and as I was growing, they had to really make sure they were growing the right way. Um, so that's, that's when I had to do most of my I guess, physical therapy, exercises, all that stuff. Okay. And you were on the, so you, you won a silver at the Worlds. Um, so that was with Colombia, was it? No, that was, uh, so that was with the, the U.S. That was with the team was the U.S. US. Okay. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, that was, no, not last summer. Yeah, 2019 with uh, the U.S. That was in Austria at the World Championships. How did you how did you get onto that team and what was your experience like up until you got the silver medal? Um, so I so that was with the that's with the the US para rowing team. And um so I got involved with that, I guess pretty early on when I started rowing. Um at my club, there was this coach there that at the time I didn't I didn't know that para rowing was a thing, really. I just thought it was rowing. Um, so I never sought, I never sought it out. And um, one of the coaches at the club, she was a coxswain for the, she was the main coxswain for the para team. And I guess she somehow found out that I had a disability and um, sort of, I guess she, she kept tabs on me um, just to see if I continued rowing because I guess, I guess it's somewhat hard to try and find uh, disabled people in rowing that really want to compete for the, for the U S team that are still rowing for that long. And um, I went to a selection camp for the U S para team. Um, I think when I was about 14 or 15 um, didn't make it. Um, I was pretty bad, uh, but they still, sort of kept an eye on me and, and I guess I went back to do my thing I went to Columbia uh, was focused on that um, and then come around um, when I was about 20 or so um, I guess four years ago I reached out because I knew Tokyo uh, was coming up the Olympics the Paralympics and I uh, thought oh that would be a cool thing to do uh, down the road. So I reached out to them and let them know I was interested. And this is all while I'm still doing the Columbia stuff, focus on that and my college team. And then uh, the summer of 2019, um, they called me up and said, um, can you row in the world championships in about like two months? And I was like caught off guard. I was like, oh yeah, sure. Uh, I'll I'll drop what I'm doing because at the time I, I had a job. Uh, I was working in, in the city, in New York City. And um, I had all this other stuff going on. So I sort of had to tell people, oh, I have to row in the 
world championships uh, after go to Austria. Um, they're like, what? <laughs> Very confused. And, um, but it actually worked out because for para rowing, um, in order to compete at uh, the Paralympics, you have to get internationally um, sort of certified as disabled. Um, I don't know why I quotations uh, as disabled. And there are different, um, I guess, tiers of disability um, in rowing. So there's the, the rowing, I forget, PR1, which is you can only use your upper body. I think it's for a lot of uh, paraplegics, stuff like that. Um, then there's PR2, which is um, you can use your upper body and you can use your hips. And then there's PR3, which is basically full body, um, like me. So I'm PR3. So I had to get internationally certified um, before potentially competing at, in the Tokyo Paralympics. Um, so then I, I went up to, uh, after getting the call, I went up to, to Boston, uh, Massachusetts, where the, the official para training center is, and then went to Austria got silver, lost to Great Britain. Um, and yeah, and then all this stuff happened. And then now we're here. <laughs> um, um, what, what was that like? Who, who are the people you're working with or on the US team? What were they like? Oh, they're great. Um, they are, it's relatively small compared to, uh, obviously compared to the, uh, I guess, um, Olympic rowing group um, because there's, there's less boat classes for the para team, but um, the head of us para rowing um, Ellen Minsner, she's, she's incredible because she's been, uh, she was a big um, advocate for combining the sort of us Olympic teams and the Paralympic teams. So you said just, just be the US Olympic Committee. And then the Paralympic group was separate, whereas she was a big advocate for um, combining the two. So now it's the US Olympic and Paralympic Committee. So everything's in one, one group. So there's been a lot of over my sort of the last four years or so when I was involved with the Paralympic, there's been a lot of uh, progress with sort of eliminating I guess the, the separatism between the groups and combining it as sort of one team USA, instead of there's the team USA, that's the able-bodied people. And then there's team USA, that's um, the para people, but um, yeah, it's, it's a great group. Um, the other rowers, they're all ages, um, all different um, from all over the country, um, different disabilities, um, and they're all, yeah, they're all really great. Um, so. Cool. Well, what kind of disabilities do they have? So in my, I want to say um, there's a couple other people with um, club feet or that have, yeah, that have club feet. Um, there's one, uh, one person who um, she's also PR three, my, my class that I think was, you know, has some, some nerve damage in her shoulder um, that qualifies her as 
uh, para. There's um, there's one um, paraplegic. Um, there's one uh, guy who has Parkinson's. Um, there's and then there's one guy. I think most of the people were born with the disabilities, but then there's one other um, guy my age who was actually um, he was a runner for uh, he was going to be going to University of Arizona for cross country. He was born um, without a disability, but unfortunately suffered an accident that um, made him disabled and sort of he doesn't have a lot of um, muscular use in one of his legs, which qualifies him for para. Um, and yeah, so it, it's all different sorts of disabilities. There was one uh, blind person that rose. Um, yeah, so it's definitely a, a mixed bag of all these different, which is great to be around because it's it's such a diver, diverse group of, you know, people that just have had different experiences. Um, but I guess all under the umbrella of disabled, which was definitely for me, especially being with that type of group, um, you know, as young, when I was like 14 or 15, definitely made me open up more to, I guess, you know, accepting my disability in a way. Cause I think for, for a while, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily neglect it at all, but I would sort of forget myself, uh, that I was disabled or, or not accept that and sort of be so focused on being able-bodied or, or competing with able-bodied people. Um, so it's, it's been really, it's been really positive for me being around those people, which is great. Did you say this um, movement to mix the para with the able-bodied, that was in the rowing division, that was spearheaded by this woman who's the head of the US para? I, I don't know if it was like, forgive me. I, I, I don't know if it's entirely spearheaded by her, but I know she was a big advocate for it, especially with, with rowing. But yeah, so I, on the, as a whole, like countrywide for, for the U S that it was, it was combined. Um, so not just rowing. So all teams, all sports were uh, okay. combined. And how would that have benefited para teams, not even just rowing, but all the para teams? <clears throat> so the main thing was, I, I believe, was funding. Um, that, and also streamlining, I think, decision-making. Because for a while, it, it, because it was separate, it was just not as efficient. Um, but I think the main thing was funding, because I think uh, the para teams would receive less funding, less like resources, uh, which I guess, you know, hindsight, uh, pretty, pretty bad and glad that uh, it's changed because now, um, and I think, I think it's sort of been a trend too um, uh, on like the global level where we, you know, we've seen the Paralympics actually definitely elevating in status in terms of attention and excitement over the Paralympics, like in Beijing, from Beijing to Rio um, and in London, it's definitely, I think, has gotten increasingly popular with people, which is great. Um, and people are giving it more, more attention. Um, 
but with the the U.S. Olympic Committee combining with the Paralympic Committee, I think it was mainly just having them on the same level instead of this belief that somehow the Olympic teams are are better than the Paralympic teams, which is pretty silly in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, and I th so I think yeah, funding was I think the main thing. Yeah, yeah, we see we see that a lot here as well. Problems with yeah. funding. Um, you obviously we did not go to Tokyo in 2020. You're hoping to go now in a few months in 2021. What's that been like? You've been in this sort of limbo. Yeah, um, it's been it's been tough. Um, I think um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, last year, I think it was in around March that they announced it was that the, that the Tokyo Games were postponed and at that point it, it was tough you know it was my senior year um rowing season and that got cut short which was disappointing and then having the Tokyo Games postponed was also disappointing but you know it, it was good to have uh because at that point I knew I was going to Trinity I was going to be rowing at Trinity um so that was great to have because then I knew okay Tokyo Games are postponed I'll still be rowing uh, with the Trinity team at DUBC. Um, so it was sort of like, like I was saying, it's, I, I think it was just a matter of adapting to the new situation. Um, but, you know, it has been pretty, a long road, a bit drawn out, a lot of obstacles along the way, but, you know, that's, I guess, the reality and nature of it. Um, but I'm excited, you know, hopefully, uh, this summer it, it does go through um, without it being canceled because I don't I don't think they'll postpone it again. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. What took you to Trinity? Why, why Trinity? Sorry. What took, what brought you to Trinity for your master's? Oh, yeah. Um, Trinity. Um, it was. It was a mix of things. It was on one hand, I knew I wanted to, um, I knew I wanted to get my master's at some point. Um, and I also knew because I had a, uh, my junior year of undergraduate, um, I had a bad uh, back injury. I partially protruded a disc in my back. So I, uh, I lost pretty much a whole season of rowing which was disappointing. And so I also knew I wanted to row at least one other season or year. And, um, and so a friend of mine told me that, um, told me about Trinity and how, you know, they have the master's program and you can also row because um, what's great in, um, in Europe or at, at least in Ireland with, um, with rowing that there's, there's no restriction on who can still row on a team because at least in the, in the U S um, the governing body for the collegiate sports NCAA um, restricts the amount of years you can row on a team. Um, and especially in the Ivy league, they only restrict it to four years. So if, if you miss a year that you miss a year, then you can't make it up on another team. Um, so it was really perfect uh, Trinity 
what they had. Um, and they had a program that I was interested in, in studying and rowing for all my college uh, collegiate years, I wasn't able to study abroad at all. So combining all of that, it was, it was just a, it was a perfect opportunity. And the coaches were incredibly nice. And I've been to Dublin before. I like Dublin. It was sort of a perfect opportunity. Yeah, Dublin's nice. It's nicer when it's not in lockdown. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I've heard. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll finish up with this because uh, we're trying to keep this short. Um, does your disability impact you like day to day in ways that other people like wouldn't even think about, even people like me? Um, not, not really. Um, I think as I said before, I, I just can't walk as far as other people. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's it's not an incredibly you know, challenging disability, admittedly, like compared to other people. Um, but I guess it, it is a disability in, in its own way. Um, and I think for me, it's, yeah, I think, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough because I, I don't really think about it all that often because, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm sure other people can relate. It's when you're born with something, you don't, you're, you don't really think about it all that often because it's just your body and it's, it's you. Um, but I think honestly, it's just the, the walking, the, the use of it. I just can't use it as much. I can't use my feet as much as I guess I'd like to. Um, um, but other than that, um, no, it's not a huge impact. Um, but. What size shoes do you wear? Um, so the, I guess, so I, I wear or orthotics um, that I have to get, I have to get like custom made um, um, that I have like a collection of, but I, I wear orthotics. So with orthotics, I think it's, I'm about 11, 11 and a half, but without, I'm probably more like a 11, 10 and a half. Um, so I guess that's the other thing. I, I always have to wear my orthotics. So I'll never be, I, I can't really wear sandals, uh, you know, casually around, or there's just certain shoes that I can't wear. Um, Cause I guess I, I do need like the ankle support. Um, so I guess that's another <laughs> difficulty. I can't find certain <laughs> shoes, <but laughs> you know. <laughs> that's life, right? That's yeah. life. So I imagine, I assume obviously you, you recommend everyone with a disability or everyone in general but to pick up a sport, would you recommend it especially so if that is a disability? Um, would I recommend people do sport with a disability? Would you, would you recommend it especially so if they had a disability? A uh, sport? Yeah, um, yeah I, I would. Um, I guess the thing is like uh, also too with sport, um, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, at the Paralympic level too. It's not like, you know, not every person with a disability is that does a sport is training for the Paralympics. Um, it's definitely, I think I enjoy sport because especially if you find uh, a sport that works for you and your disability is that it's definitely very 
empowering. Um, and I think for me with rowing, because of the nature of my disability that um, I was able to um, do it at a level that was competitive with these other people without a disability. So in a way it was, I sort of, I guess, forgot about my disability in a way or, or um, superseded it. And, um, you know, I, I guess for me, just finding whatever works for you. And, you know, I personally really enjoy how I feel after doing a sport or exercising and whatnot. And, um, you know, as an outlet, it's, it's great. So I, I personally would recommend it. Yeah. Just finding what works for you, you know, cause everyone's different. So I wouldn't necessarily say everyone has to row <laughs> with a disability cause that'd be silly, but yeah. <laughs>